Acoustic Alternatives from Grove Studios in Ypsilanti, the home of the podcast since the fall of 2020. They were the ones inviting me to do a podcast, and the reason after losing a radio job, I got to still do the thing I love to do, which is talk to musicians about their career and expose people to music that may they might not otherwise hear. And uh, some of these folks are new to me. Some of them are old friends. This is Friends of Friends, and I'm excited to have them on. The Young Fables are here. Welcome. Yeah. Thanks for having us. Thank you so it's much my, for having us. My total pleasure. Laurel Wright and West Lunsford are the, the band, and uh, they probably, like me, have a Patreon page. Yes. I just started mine like a month ago, and I have had sponsorships briefly in the 62 episodes I've done, so, so there's been about 12 of them that have been sponsored, but the way that I can continue to do this, this is a professionally shot video, and you might know the difference when you're watching this one. Uh, I don't always do this because I can't afford to do this, and if you want to see more of these kinds of things... Less than a cup of coffee a month. You can support me. I've got some special content planned for people who do that. I don't really talk about too much what it is because, well, there's a reason. But one of my next things I'm going to post, you guys really probably won't remember these, but back in the 60s and 70s, there was this guy, Dickie Goodman, who put together uh, interviews. And the interviews were with people you knew, but the answers to the questions were songs. So he would use little snippets of songs. At nine years old, I was doing like copies of these things, and I found them transferred digitally and I'm going to post those as one of the like weird incentives people can get for joining my Patreon. That's so, awesome. So yeah, so you'll hear me what I sound like at 9, 10 interviewing Ronald Reagan and uh, an outfielder from the Detroit Tigers I'm sure you've never heard of. Some really weird stuff that is somewhat embarrassing but also kind of funny. Oh, so, yeah. so I'm sure you guys have cool stuff on yours but uh, we have plenty to talk about with the three albums that you've put out. Uh, your description of your own music is modern traditional country music and I guess I kind of hear country, but I don't really. I hear more Americana. Yeah, that's, that's, that's kind of an older thing that is on our website that we haven't taken off yet, I think. It's yeah, also it's part of an interview, I think. Yeah, we've talked about it a lot, but I think it is switching more Americana. And I think you know, it's like not that we, that we were and now we are not. I think it's just kind of like an evolving um, type of thing where it's like, we say Americana now. That's, Americana. You know? I like that. You like it? Americana? I think we should give people an example of what Americana sounds like. What song would you like to start this uh, session with? Let's do Drive. Okay. Cool. It's a new single from you. Yes. So excited. So Wes wrote all the words to the song, and I wrote all the music to the song, which is very weird because Wes is the guitar player of the group, but... He slammed the door, I let him go Should have done that years ago Yeah, it's been a long time coming Of getting up each morning and feeling nothing It feels right to let him know Feels good to hit the road. I just wanna drive, leave it all behind. I don't care where I'm gonna go, long as I got four wheels and a radio. Ooh, can't see what I've been through, cause I ripped off the gets home he'll probably call see my phone in peace 
voices down the hall He could pour some bourbon in his glass But it would only bring my memory back Oh, but it feels right To leave him on his own It feels good To hit the road I just want to drive, leave it all behind. I don't care where I'm going to go, long as I got four wheels and a radio. Ooh, can't see what I've been through, cause I ripped off the that good <laughs> i really wish i still had a radio show right now because i would play that song to death that is such a great tune <laughs> forthcoming so album much. yeah about to come out so excited so i need to tune this thing what's the release date of this new record september 1st okay so it is real it, soon. Yeah. it might actually beat the, the timing of getting this yeah. uh, podcast <laughs> edited and put out so it might be out by the time people hear this because we are recording this obviously in advance so go check it out go please, check it out please do can i on can all I, streaming platforms can I give you a suggestion for when you perform it live and maybe you extend the ending? Yeah. yeah. Sometimes when you go to a concert, people like incorporate other songs into songs. Ooh. REM's Drive and The oh. Cars Drive. If you just took like Med two Lynn. lines from each song and see how many people pick up on it. <laughs> That's a good idea. I think I it'd be love fun. the medley. Yes. Just like, you know, still like, who's going to drive you home? I can't <laughs> sing. We're not going to have me sing, but <laughs> you get the point. We that. should talk about that in the car. And the hour ride to the, to the yeah. next gig. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we're at Grove Studios. Uh, Acoustic Alternatives is the podcast, and the duo is here, the Young Fables. Uh, I think, if I re- remember reading correctly, you're both from the same town? Yeah. We're originally? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tell me about the town you grew up in. So we're from East Tennessee. It's like two and a half hours east of Nashville. Um, Dollywood is kind of in that area. So we're from like the valley of the Smoky Mountains, I guess you'd say. Yeah. And... Um, so I don't know. I was 19, and I was playing in this like cover band slash throwing in some original songs, you know, when I was a teenager. And um, uh, I guess when I the day after I moved to Nashville, uh, me and Wes had been playing together for kind of like a year at that point, and we met because I'm just like all over the place this morning. I'm sorry. I think my three <laughs> hours of sleep is like really affecting me right now. This is I got just, five. This is real life, Laurel. Well, yeah. So we so we met because. 
she had a band and her guitar player didn't show up to a show. So her drummer was a friend of mine who I'd played with for a long time. He calls me and says, hey, man, can you fill in? And I was like, what's the songs? Doesn't matter. Just come play, you know. And so I showed up and that was the first gig we played together. And we played almost every day together since that day. And after about a year after we met, um, we moved to Nashville or she wanted to move to Nashville. And I was like, hey, I'll tag along. And we became the Young Fables shortly after that, probably six months after that. Oh, my God. Thank you so much for telling that story, because I just like I was all around it. But it made you were no, getting there. But it, it was just we only had so no much time. sense. What would I do without <laughs> you, Wesley? Thank you. Well, don't be sad, but I wasn't actually getting to that part of your story yet. But now that we've got that out of the way, <laughs> let's back up. Let's back up to when you were a kid. Like the city you grew up in is not called East Tennessee, is it? No. Maryville. No. Oh, Maryville. Oh my gosh, city. we totally didn't even answer the question. We need Maryville, Tennessee. Yes. Maryville. That's why we were didn't do good in school. Yeah, we didn't do good. I, well, you did great in school. I did not do good in school. Okay. Um. Yeah, Maryville. It's small t- town, like outside of Knoxville. Okay. So, yeah. A farming community, or I mean, um, what do they do there? What did you guys uh, do there? Separately, because you didn't much. know each other. I didn't. Yeah. Do just <laughs> play guitar. That's about it. But uh, it's sort of the big thing is Denso and, and Alcoa aluminum is like right there. So that's sort of the main industry of Maribel in that area. And we kind of have like the Oak Ridge thing going on. Yeah. So there's a lot of me- and it, the East Tennessee Knoxville Maribel has a lot of great musicians. It's sort of like a hidden gem. It's like a great scene of all kinds: jazz scene, rock scene, country, everything. Nice. Okay. Well, I've never been. So I need to go. Yeah. We do. There's a big festival called Big Ears, which I've never seen another festival there or like that before. <laughs> and it's <laughs> self conscious all of a sudden. <laughs> but it's only like avant garde music and it's like four days long. So okay. that tells you that the scene is pretty, yes. you know, diverse. diverse. <laughs> for sure. For sure. Well, individually, Laurel, it appears from the documentary that we're going to talk about in a little bit that you've been recording music yourself since you were. I don't know how very little, I mean little, very little. Did you ever want to do anything else when you were a kid? Not really. There was never any other like. Like I really don't. I'm not the girl with a backup plan. So if this doesn't work <laughs> out, I'm just unsure about just everything in life. You know what I mean? <laughs> Go back to school? <laughs> yeah, maybe. Uh, maybe be a tour manager for somebody. Sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I you've got enough that, experience, but. but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can, I can handle some things on the road. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm guessing also from some older videos I watched, or I'm watching the documentary too, that, and this seems weird because it doesn't seem like she's been around long enough to say this, but has Taylor Swift been an influence on you? You covered her young. I mean, she's kind of the reason why, like, I think she gave me the courage to pick up a guitar at a young age because I felt like, you know, I was 10 at the time and I love the way that she expressed herself like through song Mm -hmm. and I just, I don't know, she's, she was an inspiration for many, many girls still. She's done all right too. Yeah. So I mean, you know, billion dollar tour or whatever it's yeah. going to end up being. Yeah. She definitely like impacted me for sure in lots of different ways. So I guess I just hadn't really thought about the fact that she's been around long enough to do that and have I people know. in front of me that have been listening to her for you know fifteen years or whatever, and and then they play music now too. I mean, I, I totally, I I totally respect what she's doing. It just seems weird because she's still so current. Yeah. Usually, like the influences are bands that are no longer together or whatever. Yeah, that's totally. a good point. I never thought of that. That's that is that's why it's that's yeah. why it's striking me as like a little like wow, really? Okay, okay. She's still as current as ever. Maybe more so. Yeah, true. I don't think she could have pulled off this tour ten years ago. True. Yeah, good point. So there you go. I feel like Taylor Swift made being an artist more accessible for a lot of people. Yeah, I can see that. Like, or gave them the courage to like 
or the guts to just kind of pick up a guitar and just like do a little something, you know? She was just so like gentle about it all, I felt like when she first started. So anyways, love her. I see there was also a bit of church music in your influences. Yeah. So which which one weighed more heavily on how you perform today? Is it the Taylor side or the the performing in church? Or if you did you did you actually perform in church? I don't yeah. Okay. So I grew up like an old Baptist church and um I was just singing like hymns and stuff like that, and then learn some contemporary Christian, and then I learned some like I've always been into Shania Twain and Dixie Chicks and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, church was I don't know what I sound more like. Maybe a mixture of both. Well, topic you you hit topics you hit both. I mean I'm hearing yeah. both in in what you're singing about. So I, that's kind of why I brought it up. Yeah. I guess to see which one is the the stronger yeah, part know. of your personality. I guess it depends on the day. <laughs> was there was Taylor the reason you picked up a guitar? Yeah. Really? But not the reason why I sang. No. So, but, yeah. So, both. Well, there yeah. you go. Look at you digging deep. That's what I do. Love it. But you wrote your first song at 10, so that's that's kind of like a fascinating thing as well. Yeah. You co-wrote it with your mom. With my mom. Yeah. yeah. So, I just had a lot of, like, emotions about my... So, her grandfather died, so my great-grandfather, and I just didn't quite understand the whole, like, death thing, obviously, at 10 years old. So, we wrote a song, and it made me feel better, and I think that's when I was hooked. Very good. The um, super early recordings that exist, there was a picture of that, I think, in the video as well, like some CD that you'd burned of yourself. What do those sound like? <laughs> like, is there is there a comparison for those, and what kind of things were you singing about at that point? Mm, like, I remember one line was like, have you ever, have you ever been in love like this? Have you ever wanted that first kiss? Have you ever Love wanted the boy in the magazine? Something like that. I remember those words. Sounds so. like a teenage song. Yeah. So that was like the thing. And it was an A. <laughs> so it was a little, have you ever? Okay, yeah. Well, you also briefly did American Idol. Were you there for a couple of weeks, a month? Yeah. I did American Idol three times, actually. Oh, really? So I don't know if that is like, I don't know if I'm bragging or if that's like weird to do Either three times. third time's a charm or three <laughs> strikes you're out. You never know. That's what yeah. happened for me. Um, so I did it when I was, I think, 16, 18, and 19, and I think the last time I did it, I made top 48, so I made it the furthest that time. I got cut, like, right before the live rounds, and yeah, I spent probably, in all, maybe a few months in L.A. kind of doing that, on and off. And then between that time and the time of the first release, how many years passed? Between the time you first fables, the third, the th yeah, the first Young Fables record as a duo, and the last appearance of Idol, because I'm, the reason I ask is if they heard you now, they would be like, ah, oh, damn, we really missed out on one. You think? Yeah, I think so. It's funny you say that. I don't think anybody's ever asked that question. But when she went the last time, she t just turned nineteen, and that was when we started talking about doing a duo. Hmm. And she was like, should I go do this American Idol thing that's still solo? And we had not even officially released or whatever, but our friend. Now, manager Patrick, he was like, you should go, and then we'll launch the Young Fables and try and capture that audience, you know? And so he's really smart, so we did that. <laughs> he is pretty smart. So it was like probably a year or less than a year that we had the record after that. Okay. Yeah. Just curious. Yeah. Well, well, Wes, what were you doing at 10? Writing songs as well? I was playing with Legos. No. Le Legos and G.I. Joes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Ninja Turtles, yeah. No, I've I played guitar probably since I was like 13 or 14 or something. And I was like, you know, like rock and roll, Pink Floyd. Those were my bands. I love the Beatles. And then when I turned 18, I got really into jazz. And so I did that for years and years. I went over to China for a while and played over there. Really? 
and doing just like this jazz R&B club and stuff. And while I was over there, a friend of mine sent me a video of uh, Glenn Campbell playing, I think it was Galveston Live, mm. and he takes this extended guitar solo at the end. He's a great guitar player. And I was like, it blew me away. I was like, I didn't know country music was like this. And so I just started listening to country. And then, so I was, when I, my contract ran out in China, they asked if I wanted to do a year more. And I was like, well, I think I'm going to go back to Tennessee and see if I can play country, you know? And then almost as soon as I got back, I met Laurel. There's a pretty girl waiting for me, you should have said. Well, I didn't know it at the time. Well, you knew it. You just didn't know it. (laughs) Less than I, I mean, we weren't into each other until like a good ways in. Yeah, probably a year, year and a half. Whatever it takes. Yeah. Convenience. (laughs) <laughs> so, do you, can you give me a slight, just a little sample of the tasty jazz licks you used to play? Because I, I do like jazz a lot. Actually, my current station that I work for, although not on the air, is a jazz and blues station. So, oh, really? Yeah. What kind of jazz did you play? Let's find out. Well, we did a lot of modern jazz and stuff, but me and Laurel sometimes play like, uh, you know, standard. Give him a sample. Really? We can't do a full cover because of the... Lines? Cool. Good stuff. That's that's the standards. Then. Yeah. So you weren't like <laughs> trying to be George Benson or Larry. Well, Carl. he is my favorite guitar really? player. Really? But yes. But we did everything. We did like Chick Corea. We did a lot of modern stuff. Greg Reporter and cool. You know, it was fun. Very cool. I I I'm curious how that comes forward. That's really nice. Chad Atkins seems like that might be a good. He was one of the. That's like one of the reasons I play Gretsch yeah. is because he's sort of a, a, you know, connecting line. There's yeah. a lot of connecting lines between jazz and country, like Hank Garland and Chet and Les Paul. Yeah. People. Well, cool. What did you did you uh, start writing songs at any young point? Did you did you yeah. wait till you met Laurel? Or I mean, well, it's funny because like when I was young in like rock bands, I wrote all the songs, and you know, like I was that angsty singer songwriter dude and then i got into jazz i just played guitar for years and years and i was just like only care about guitar wanted to play like george benson wanted to be you know john Schofield, pat metheny and then when i came back and met laurel she she would bring songs over to me and say like what do you think of this song and she like really cared about my opinion so we started writing songs together so if I had never met Laurel, I probably would not write songs because hmm. I would still just play guitar yeah. all the time. Yeah, play covers. And but yeah, and and so that sort of brought it back to my forefront, I think. I hope this is a happier choice. Uh, yeah, totally. It's, it's a very creative, you know, outlet, I think. Very good. The, uh, well said, Wes. <laughs> did you have any, like I asked Laurel, any dreams of anything else besides music when you were a kid? Like, I want to be an astronaut or I want to make pizzas or I don't know. Not really. I mean, like, <laughs> it's funny. One of my early memories is my mom got me this book and in the front of it, it's like, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I'm, yeah. I don't even know, five or something. And I said, like, opera singer or something. So it's oh. like, I didn't even know what really it was involved being a musician. I just wanted to do it, I think. I was obsessed. Like my first thing I listened to was like Bob Dylan and the Beatles, and ever since then it's been that. You know. Well, I'm glad you guys found each other. The first album is this one, right? Mm-hmm. Was anybody besides me confused? The first album is called Two. Yes, Two. <laughs> that should be the second album. We didn't know there was going to be a second one. Yeah, we, we just thought it might be the one. So <laughs> it's Two. 
Two is the first album. Don't there's, be confused. There's two of us? Yes, I, I got that. Oh, oh, okay. I mean, I picked up on it, but it was like, two. takes a second. Takes yeah. a second. <laughs> We're really meta, you know? We're like real deep here. <laughs> uh, I sadly, until Patrick, your manager, and our mutual friends sent me the CDs to review for the session, hadn't really heard your music much. But I am so glad he sent me all three CDs because oh. they're so good. Each of them has like a lot of songs. Again, if I was still doing a radio show, especially at the college level, there's... I usually mark which songs I would play on the radio, and it's basically like 90% of the album I would play, and all three of them, actually. Thank you. This one, I think the one I would play the most is September. That's just a really, really great song. So first album is Thanks. called Two, if you're looking for information about a band <laughs> who's been uh, putting out records for a while. Uh, <laughs> then we get on to Old Songs, which I'll grab that one, put that in front of the camera. Uh, Half is Good, great song for me as well, and of course... Daddy's Girl, which just kind of leads us to uh, a big part of the conversation, but I think it might be best if we play this song, which was co-written by Dean Fields and your manager, Patrick, and then we'll talk about how it fits into a, a big picture, quote-unquote, ha-ha-ha. said when I was one day old the whole world changed for him and he never drove that slow a left on Cavett Drive fifth house on the right he took me in his arms and I was home he gave me the best years of my life I must have took a few from him I was not an easy child I made mistakes Made them again It never changed a thing for him Cause he knows who I am And I'm not sure If I'm anything in the world I'm daddy's girl I can't stand cigarettes And I hate the cold But I'm freezing all that's where daddy smokes that's where he was waiting up when my curfew'd come and gone a little angry mainly happy i was home he gave me the best years of my life i must have took a few from him because i was not an easy child i made mistakes made him again it change a thing for him cause he knows who I am and I'm not sure if I'm anything in the world I'm daddy's girl daddy's girls tell him everything daddy's girls can ask for anything daddy's girl makes him cry every time she sings He gave me the best years of my life I must have took a few from him Cause I was not an easy child Made them again. 
We'll, we'll get into how that might be hard for, for someone, anyone, to sing in, in just a second. And I have to do uh, this weird spot to throw in the business stuff. But I'm going to throw the business stuff in to give you a chance to gather your thoughts for that. Um, Grow Studios, where we're at, is really uh, really generous with uh, making sure that my stuff is seen and heard. And they're, they're very generous about making sure that I've got a space to do this podcast. And if you've been watching it or listening to it, especially watching it, you're seeing a different room for the first time. This is one of the five rooms in this building. And uh, this is a spot for bands that can come and practice. You can't see it, I don't think, on the camera, but there's a drum set right in front of us that you could bang away at. And your neighbors wouldn't hear you because you're somewhere near a train track instead in an industrial park. And it's like a great spot to make a ton of noise and not worry about disturbing your neighbors. And again, there's five rooms. Two of them are meant for bands. There's one for DJs. There's a podcast studio, which we're normally in. And there's one for basically like playing your mix of your album and you can blast it as loud as you want. So, so cool. it's a really cool place. Just look up Grove Studios, Ypsilanti. You'll find out where it is and... Uh, Thank you to them for, for being great sponsors. And thank you for playing that song. And I don't know. I mean, you must play it every night anyway. Uh, but it must be a bit hard to play, given this movie that we learn more about the song's birth and meaning and everything about it. I was thinking about that while I was playing the song, how some days it's easier, some days it's harder, some days it doesn't affect me. Um, some days it's just, I don't know. It's I think it depends on the day. And I was talking with a friend. I went and saw um, a show in Nashville a couple of nights ago uh, this week with some of my friends at Third Lindsley. And um, I was talking with one of my friends about how when an artist is like performing a song, if you're like really in tune and like paying attention to the performance and you're there for the right reasons, you can kind of like see what kind of headspace they're in, whether it be that day or that period of their life or whatever. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think so. And so today, like, I, I'm saying all this today, I definitely felt, like, a little, like, probably shaky singing it for whatever reason, probably because lack of sleep and I'm tired. Mm. But, um, and that kind of affects me when I'm doing emotional things. But, yeah, so it depends on the day. Depends on the day. Yeah. And the movie, which, a documentary, I guess, technically, right? Um, I've had the pleasure of seeing it's not really out yet, though, right? Is there a... Is there a time that we I can say, hey, you remember seeing the Young Fables on the podcast or hearing them? You should go find the movie now. It's out. Do you know when it's coming? Well, we can't say anything official, but there are it is in the works. So it will it will be sooner than later. It's been it's weird because we, we come from music, so we don't know anything about film, but it's so slow. Like the film world is so slow. Uh, but it's yeah, there's things happening. So hopefully soon. It has already won the Nashville Film Festival Audience Choice Award, which is pretty cool for something that's not out. Yeah. <laughs> Seems a little confusing, but um, it's it also, for those who haven't seen it and will see it eventually, it's a master class in storytelling. It's it's such a great way to tell why the song was written, how the song was written, like just following the whole thing all the way through. Oh, though, it, though it's not out on um, like streaming, it's on our Patreon. Yes, so it that's is on our Patreon. Our Patreon's yeah. very new for us too, so yeah. we're trying to remember to like <laughs> probably oh, the same time, different. about a month or yeah. less, a couple of weeks. Ago. Yeah. So 
Yeah, I guess it is out. So technically people could <laughs> if they find you on Patreon, see what I'm talking about. Um, tell me about the process, if you can. Either of you. About like <laughs> the filmmaking, like yes. how we started it? Yeah, how it started. That's always crazy. Um, maybe you lead a little oh, bit. I'll start. Then. Okay. So like I'm we storytelling's not been good today. <laughs> I'll let you <laughs> yeah, yeah. pick it. Do you have any caffeine? <laughs> did you have caffeine? I don't know. Yes, you did. Okay. I did. <laughs> so it started it was like it was so weird because Patrick, he calls us right before we're supposed to write with Dean, who helps write Daddy's Girl. And um, we've written a bunch of songs with him. He's written songs for like Garth Brooks and people like that. He's amazing. And he was coming over, and Patrick calls us and says, hey, uh, would you mind me filming your song right today? And we're like, that's weird. Like, that would be awkward, you know. And but we're like, okay, whatever. Call Dean, make sure it's cool with him. He was the same. It's weird and awkward. And... <laughs> So it, the whole idea was to just have a, here's how we came from nothing into a song, you know, like 10 minutes, something like that, like video. But the song we wrote was the song we just played, Daddy's Girl. And we were like, wow, this is, uh, you know, because we write a lot of songs and some songs you should never hear ever because they're <laughs> terrible, you know. But we were like, this is a cool song. Maybe we keep on recording and sort of see the whole process through. But then... I'll let Laurel take it from here, I guess. Yeah, so we were just going to make our YouTube video, you know. And then I always say that I think maybe the creator, God, whoever, had different plans for my life. And so January 5th, my sister died in a car accident. She was 19, only sibling I had. And she was a daddy's girl. So the song was very cool because everything in it was completely true down to the street that I lived on, you know, growing up. And so special for both of us. And so... My dad, we decided not to play it for him um, just because it did not seem like the right time. And then he heard it um, a little bit before he passed away. But my dad passed away eight months after my sister died. Um, he was like 51. I mean, we think broken heart. They say heart attack. But it was pretty crazy. And it ended up being just like basically a film about songwriting, um, the songwriting process, like what goes on behind the scenes. It tracks the whole thing from beginning to end like whenever we're in the studio like I'm sitting on my dad's lap he's hearing it for the first time it's really special and it's it's kind of wild it's it's a seems like a weird thing to be proud of but I mean I feel like music is something that I'm supposed to be doing but I really think the driver is like sharing my story it's such a weird one we have it on film I don't know you kind of think about you know, situations or circumstances or whatever you want to call it. And you're like, that's not a coincidence. And I think that I'm supposed to be talking about it for whatever reason. And I, it's played a big, big part in my healing process and which I'm still on in a lot of therapy. Um, but yeah, so now our documentary is about like all kinds of different things. It touches on like anxiety, depression and how songs can change over time. When we wrote the song, had my sister, I had my dad, I had still have my mom, but that song, meant something else and then when my sister passed away it meant something else the song changed and then when my dad passed away it changed again so it's a pretty powerful it's not an easy watch but I think it's an important one I was going to say it, it was heartbreaking to watch but also you didn't want to stop watching you wanted to continue the story and get you know feel what you were feeling and, and Patrick and Andy like they did such a great job like, they did taking it and like kind of like sh telling my story without me having to like re relive a lot of things like they were really sensitive to that and I really appreciate that I saw uh, in the film and I'm not quite sure 
to say why she's in the film seems weird, but uh, Georgia Middleman, who mm-hmm. did some songs with one of the Michigan bands, we were talking Michigan oh, bands, yeah. but the Accidentals, we lost the Accidentals to you guys. She has written a song with them, and I met her when they did a, a gig where you're playing tonight, actually. Yeah, so yeah. just like, oh, what is she doing there? It doesn't I'm not quite sure how she fits into the story, but I was <laughs> like, I just met her. Are you going to come tonight? We'll talk about that after we get off okay, the after, after we stop recording. I, I want to, but there's a reason I can't. She wanted to catch you on it. She was going to catch you no, on I, I, I want to. So I people don't often hear songs the way they're intended. So has anybody said, oh, I love that song. I used that for my wedding. Yeah, of oh. course. Yeah. yeah. Actually, I just had... Um, I just had a, a friend come up to me and she was like, oh, I forgot to tell you, daddy's girl as my first dance. Like, that's a lot of uh, people. But I love it because... That song is not a sad song. I mean, it it obviously triggers me in a weird way because it's my personal story yeah. and it's about my like dead dad. But <laughs> it's I don't know. I think it's special that everyone can get something different out of it, and I think that's what music and life is all about. Well, I've been a wedding DJ f- since nineteen eighty five slash seven, and as of yet, it hasn't been used. But I can always throw it on the list of when people are looking for songs for the daddy daughter dance because they go, I don't know what song is going to play, and so okay. sometimes I just give them a list. I'm going to have to add. Yeah, get that us one. in there. Add it in there. So yeah. this is the album it's on. Those who are watching, it is the second album, which also includes a rather sad one called "Your Kind of Company," which you wrote about your sister as well. So, not that you only write sad songs, but those seem to be the ones that. I think we all react to sad songs. Mm-hmm. I mean, one of the biggest selling albums of the last decade was Adele's 21, right? How many of those songs are happy? Uh, yeah. Zero, that's right? True. <laughs> so, but they were all real. They were all real, right. So, I mean, that's, that's the thing that you can, you can look at when you're writing a song. Uh, your bio says you're strong advocates for mental health awareness, and uh, I imagine that probably came out from, I don't know, because you're going to answer this question, uh, because of the situation you just described going through the loss of both your sister and your father within such a short period of time. It was I mean, were you? I've been battling a depression of some sort since I was a teenager. So I don't know if this was a trigger for you, or it was always there, or is that why you? I think me too. I think I've always kind of dealt with it. You know, it's both sides of my family for sure. And then, um, but it didn't click with me. Like I didn't. You don't really pay attention to those types of things. Well, I didn't until something happened to me. So I felt like when I lost my sister and my dad, it kind of crippled me a little bit, and. Um, it, it kind of like, um, how do I say this? Um, mm, I'm glad we're editing this. <laughs> um, it slowed your processes down, I'm sure. Like everything you were doing was probably just like come to a screeching halt. Like when they passed away? Oh, yeah. yeah here's what I was going to say. <laughs> the train is back. Okay. <laughs> um, but it, I think losing them as sad and morbid as it sounds it's allowed me to tap into um I've always been able to be like being vulnerable is a little bit easier for me than maybe some people Mm -hmm. and I really enjoy doing it so tapping into that for the right reasons and using it like in combination with my gift I guess has been like the most rewarding thing I think I can think of what are you guys doing as a duo to bring uh, awareness? Is there like special concerts or just uh, volunteering your time somewhere? I mean, we've done a lot of like nonprofit things. We continue to do that. I mean, I'm always online kind of like being honest about my like day to day life on socials, like brutally honest about, you know, whatever I'm feeling that day. And um, I don't know, just any way that we can. We're advocates. Like, I think that it should be talked about more. And I think that we should have more people like yeah we should that should be an important thing for everyone and I just feel like it's not so if there's anything that I can do to help like 
strengthen that, I guess, noise. I would love to do that. Mm, have you ever done anything like a Zoom call with your fans that might be going through the same thing? I'm just thinking of ideas that might. Oh, my gosh. We should have a, a weekly idea, meeting, actually. and we're going to bounce ideas off of you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great idea. Because it is crazy. Like, you know, well, Laurel is very uh, open with, you know, the people who come to our shows and stuff. But w- we've done this thing called the Screenplay Tour, which is where we play the movie and we play a sh- short concert. Oh, okay. And, man... Like, I've never seen people come up after something like that. Like, it's just like lines of people who just feel like they connect to something, you know, because everybody has tragedy of some sort, sure. you know. And it's like just to see people, like, see her story and also, like, reflect on it and be like, this is my story, too. I need to be able to. And so they'll, you know, come and talk to us for Everybody. I remember one specifically. I think everyone in the theater came up and talked to us afterwards and told us their story and like wow. sort of let it out. And it was really cool. I mean, it was almost like therapy, which I just feel like after that, something like that happens. They're like, thank you for sharing. And I'm like, thanks for caring. Right. Thanks for being here and then sharing your story. Like, I don't know. I feel like it's not about sharing my story and it's all about me and my tragedy and my tragedy is so much worse than your tragedy. It's just this is like the platform I've been given and I love using it for like those reasons, I guess. Cause I don't want to feel alone either. No, no. And I'm sure similar to, to me, music is your passion and it's been my passion for so long, but I have to say probably since the pandemic, I've interpreted lyrics differently than I used to. And it actually has really awoken noticing that I'm not alone in certain things. Like when I hear somebody else singing about something I've gone through, maybe it didn't hit me five years ago, but three years ago it started hitting me like, oh, so Louis Capaldi has been through something like that, that I have too, you know, whatever. Just the, the, the feelings are a bit, bit different. So what you're doing as singers and songwriters is making us feel less alone in our feelings. Like we, we know somebody else has gone through what we're going through. If, if they've heard your song and they connected with it in that way. So right. thank you for that. And thank you for that. Thank you for like allowing me to talk about it. Of course. means a lot. So three albums in, a fourth one coming. Uh, We're going to do four songs today. I think it's a good time to do a third song. I don't know what you want to do, though. You You want to do one off pages just as we... Yeah, we're going to get to pages. We're headed towards pages. Do we wait? Yes. Okay. We can do house. Okay, we'll do it last. We'll do do a new one now. I have a plan. You got a plan. I'm I'm messing up your plan. Here we go. So this is a song that, so therapy has been going on a lot the past few years and um, they keep saying I'm getting better and stuff, you know, and I think that sometimes um, I've just gotten good at hurting. So this goes along with, uh, I'm not the only person that's felt like this. Been one hell of a road. But I'm getting used to how it feels Learning to start seeing through all the dust on the windshield Living day to day, never really knowing If it's something that I'm going through or going through the motions Just good at hurting if I'm just good at hurting. Don't know if I'll be okay if I found my way or if I'm just good at hurting if I'm just good at hurting. I know it. 
feel like a fixer-upper They never got around to fixing up is peeling floors uneven but i just got used to all that stuff it makes me wonder makes me wonder don't know if i'm better now if i'm on my way out if i'm just good or hurting if i'm just good or hurting don't know if i'll be okay if i found my way or if i'm just good or hurting if i'm just good or hurting Lunsford are the Young Fables, and they're here on Acoustic Alternatives. That one is, it's not on here, is that? No, that's new. that's brand new. Brand new. Brand we were new. talking about pages for a second, and then you went and threw a curveball at me. We did. Just good at hurting, we're oh, guessing. Oh, sorry. No, that's okay. I just want to make sure. Like, wasn't a good point. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> I don't know I saw that you song. looking over there. We haven't had a set list in 10 years. I uh, don't mind. I just was. I, was I don't know. That's up. not from pages. Sorry. But this next one. Well, we're going to get one more in. <laughs> Well, this album is, is also similar to the other two. Fantastic. A lot of songs, again, that I would choose to play on a radio station if I had the, the privilege to do that anymore. Uh, thanks, Pandemic, for taking my job away. Um, so it's got some co-writes, like all of your other records. Liz Longley is one of your co-writes. Yes. Got the shirt on. Uh, Mindy Smith, favorite of mine. is apparently a favorite of yours as well. Do you have a preference for writing as a duo, or do you prefer to write with other people like Mindy and Liz and all the other folks you've written with? Or is it just, this is what happens, and we get songs, and we get songs? Yes. Yeah. That. 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 Yeah. Because yeah. we write, I mean, we write always the two of us, but sometimes it's nice to get a, another person. You know, it just gets the juices flowing a little more. Yeah. yeah. Is it fun, or is it work? Depends on the day. De- <laughs> no. Depends it's on the mostly, person. No. Yeah, it depends I'm on... <laughs> well, do, do you, like, assign yourself a day that you're going to write, or does it just happens when it happens? When we co-write with other people, like when well, there's that, more clearly. than just two of us. Yeah. Yes. That's scheduled. scheduled. Try to, you know, keep up the practice, and then... But we're always writing, I feel like. Yeah. I've been well, trying to do this thing lately where I, I write one song a day, whether that be, like, a verse and a chorus, or just something I make up in my head or whatever, mm-hmm. just to practice, but... It's it's hard to write songs and stay creative. Yeah, That's why you carry your phone around and sing into it, right? Basically, <laughs> yeah. 
1,000 voice memos. Whatever works, right? As long as you don't lose your phone. <laughs> yeah, as long as you don't lose the phone. So you've done both ends of the uh, performing spectrum, too. You've done festivals, I think, and you've also done listening rooms. Mm-hmm. Which do you prefer? Is there a preference? I don't think there's a preference. It's just whoever wants to listen, you know. We've had great audiences at both. We've had, you know, it's been great. Yeah, I guess it just depends. Like, for me, it's not about size or anything like that. I guess it's more about feel and if everybody's getting something out of it and if we all feel good afterwards. I think those are the best shows. House concerts? Have you done house concerts? I love house concerts. Those are really the best connections, We're doing one on tomorrow. Oh, there you go. And those are cool, too, because... Like, you can meet everyone in the room, right. which is rare. And they are a captive audience. Yes. Mm-hmm. And it's like they sort of, even if they don't know who you are, they're friends with somebody and they brought them and then hopefully they like you. you know? So you're getting a, you know, a lot of people who want to hear you otherwise. Right. Well, I mean, we the, the movie, I mean, we kind of glazed over this a little bit, but it's the power of that movie and the power of the songs is that it helps us heal. It helps us cry. I, w- I mean, I wanted to hug you after watching the movie, which I haven't done yet. Uh, we can hug after. <laughs> yeah, okay. But, I mean, that that's what music does for us as listeners. And I know you guys obviously are listeners, too, not just performers. So um, it's it's such an important part of, of life is to have these emotions. And you guys do such a great job of making us feel. That's the whole point of that. Thank uh, you. What do you like to do when you're not making music? Is there a hobby that you have that you're on, you know, not on the road? Okay, we're home for a month. What are we going to do? What do you like to do? Well, we have a cat named Mark. Oh. And we love our cat so much. Yes. We're those people. And we like to hike. I mean, not like anything intense, you know. No, look but at me. I'm not intense It's like our quality time together. So that's kind of like what we do. Hike, take long walks, adventure. I don't know. Yeah. We're, we're kind of lame. I read a lot. A lot of comic books. <laughs> I play a lot of board games. Yeah, I think yeah. I remember seeing board games in one of the interviews yeah. I saw. Lots what, of those. What's your favorite? Uh, it depends. Like, if it's just like a light something, I like Splendor. That's a fun game. Yeah. Does Laurel play? She will play. Mm-hmm. I'm not Sometimes. as big of a gamer as Wes, but I'll still play though. Do you invite friends over and like do card games and stuff? Yeah. Too? Well, there you go. Yeah, we do that. You're we're normal. Cool. You're normal people we're, we're, though. Yeah, we're cool. <laughs> we play board games. Yeah. We're cool. Uh, it's hard to uh, hard, as you're getting going in a music career, and you guys have got pretty good momentum at this point. I feel like. Do you have a level? you're trying to get to like like i want to be as big as x not the band x because they broke up i think but i love them yeah but (laughs) (laughs) but do do you think in those terms you're just kind of are you just kind of on the ride and let's see where it goes or do you like i want to be next year i want to make sure we're playing consistently 400 seat rooms and then after that i want to play thousand seat rooms i mean i have no idea i'm asking the question in Mm. a a, is there is there a plan or i don't have to i mean i feel like i want it all Okay, you yeah. should. Yeah. Yeah, and, but... Uh, but I kind of feel bad for saying it. <laughs> I mean... You got to say it on film. Yeah, so you got to say it. It's called knows, manifesting. You know? I just yeah, learned manifesting. about it. There you go. So that's why I said it. But I think, like, we always sort of tried to go wherever it leads us. I mean, that's why we have a documentary. Like, we would never have done that, you know? Yeah, So, but it might open really big doors. Right, or it's just like, out. it just happens, you know? It's like... Everything. I think you just follow where it leads you, and hopefully that's the right way. Mm. Yeah. Seems to be working so far. Yeah. We, we, we want to play to lots of people, of course. I think you should be. There should be more people seeing your music <laughs> and hearing your music. Hopefully this helps a little bit to you. Bring you a, helps a lot. Well, more fans is better for me, too. I, I, I hope that it works for you. Uh, on the Pages record, 
I noticed recently on your YouTube channel, you're doing some like stories about the songs videos, which if I remember correctly, they're only posted in the last couple of weeks. Yet there's a new album coming out. So are we going to do that for that record too? Talk about the songs? Probably. Yeah. Yeah. We usually do that. It just took a little bit for this one to get it recorded. Well, we, we recorded those a long time ago. We I just reposted them. I'm in charge of the socials, oh, so they're kind of oh, all over the place. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's not Patrick's fault. He does his job. Yeah. <laughs> wasn't dissing Patrick I did notice <laughs> Wes's comments on Buried Me Too uh, quoting the lyric I'm a ghost tossing in the sheets just that it was a great lyric oh yeah that, I do love that lyric yeah I love ghosts I, got, I gotta agree yeah it's cool I, I forget was it you came up or Liz maybe yeah it's I feel like that was probably like a Liz thing. yeah it sounds like it it I sounds think like so. a Liz thing I'm gonna give that one to her you don't remember. No. Uh, yeah. I always I forget that kind of stuff. I was talking to my friend Jen A and she wrote Blake Shelton's She Wouldn't Be Gone, just went like platinum, so mm. proud of her. But uh, I was talking to her the other day about, I was like, do you remember what you did specifically like when you when you write songs or who did the most writing? I just feel like I don't remember that kind of stuff, you know? Yeah, I don't. I'm not that kind of writer because I usually don't do anything. So <laughs> That's not true. I noticed on the YouTube page there's also a video of you guys singing with Delta Ray, which is cool. Big fan of them as well. We oh, they're them. awesome. Brittany just married somebody originally from the Michigan music scene. I don't know where he lives anymore because really? I lost track of him. But yeah, I, 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 cool. I was looking him up for some reason. I'm like, he just married, what? <laughs> they're so talented Small and world. great people. Yeah, I, I met them on the first album tour they played, the radio station that I used to work at. And there's a big signature on the wall there that they did the logo, you know, it's really, cool. yeah, it got on the floor and got real low. So yeah, got to see them on the Kayamo cruise as well, Ooh. which the one time I got to go, that's a whole nother story. But uh, that's anyway, a goal. that's a goal for us for sure. Yeah. Kayamo. Mm. I'm just going to go ahead and say it. Okay, cruise. good. Cruise. Manifest. Mm-hmm. Manifest. Where is the best spot we can find out about the new record? Is there a Patreon or the, yeah, the webpage? Patreon.com slash the young fables. And then, our website, theyoungfables.com. And the new record has got a release date of? We're working on that. <laughs> Just a single coming out. Yeah. yeah. That we heard We're earlier. We're going to do singles. Okay. And then have an EP and then have an EP. You know what I mean? Do you giving up on the album concept? I don't We're know. still going to have project con- concept. It just might not be as long. Because instead of like going in and recording like 10, 11 songs, what we're doing is recording as we write. And we're just doing, and so I don't know if it'll be a full record or an EP or it's just whenever we feel like it's done. Maybe it'll be a double record. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. Well, I would like to hear one more song if you've got it in you. Okay. How about the song we wrote with Mindy Smith? And I just saw her play the other night at Third Lindsley. That's what I was watching. Really? And a crick in the neck Redemption is a promise If you ain't found it yet It's not a question of whether It's a question of when Everybody's bleeding Everybody's hurting Every man is lost Every soul is searching If love is what you're looking for
higher on the tip of your toes yeah. Grasping at the thread, don't even notice the road Forgotten and forsaken, but you got it wrong Child, you're only waiting, it's all here for the taking Everybody's bleeding, everybody's hurting House of the Lord, one of the songs from the latest album, till th- up to this point anyway, <laughs> the album <laughs> is called Pages, The Young Fables, my guest today on Acoustic Alternatives, and what an absolute pleasure to spend time with both of you today and learn more about you. Well, thanks so much for having us. It's yeah. really been a treat. It's Thank been a treat for me. It's I, I, I can't say enough about the, the three albums I've heard so far. If you get a chance to see them live, uh, do it. I, I'm going to unfortunately miss the one that's tonight, which isn't going to be in the past once people hear and see this, but... Um, this is this has been a treat. So theyoungfables.com, right? Simple as that. And from there, I'm sure it's easy to find a link to the Patreon page as well. Support independent musicians like this. This is where this is where music lives, right? This is eventually it can grow into the be the you don't get to see them at house concerts anymore and, and listening rooms anymore. So see them while you can and support them while they're out there. Thank you. Thank Ple- you so much. Pleasure to have you here. Uh, Acoustic Alternatives, thanks again, uh, Grove Studios, for making this my home. Uh, for about 90% of the podcasts I've done, every now and then I do it in somebody's house, which has happened a few times too. Uh, but uh, they've been great. Look them up, Grow Studios Ypsilanti, if you're looking for a place to practice your band or do a podcast or your DJ skills, whatever it is you need to make more noise than you're able to do in your house. And if you're interested in supporting me on Patreon, it's the John Bomberito. Go to johnbomberito.com. There's a link at the bottom of the Acoustic Alternatives page. Very easy to do. And uh, we'll be back with another episode soon, talking to uh, another duo, which might be as challenging as this to pull off. So we'll see what happens. Thanks, guys. Yeah.